Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Cara. Vanessa, I'm feeling emotional. I am with you. I'm with you. Although I have to be honest, <laughs> I dropped my kid off for camp, like at the camp departure. And I was so exhausted by her excitement for camp that I wasn't emotional at all. Normally I'm like clinging to my children and crying. And I was like, okay, bye-bye. And I just hopped in my car. But you did not have the same experience recently. Uh, no, I did not. You want to hear about my experience? Yes, always. And it's I'm not really doing a whole podcast episode about myself and my <laughs> current experience. Why Although not? You, we're gonna we're gonna crack you wide open, Cara. Yeah, you're dying <laughs> to. And, and you know what's so funny about this podcast is it is a little bit sort of working through our own kinks and stuff. But usually we we work through not other our kinks. not our kinks. No, oh, that's not the, those kind of important choice. It goes with being emotional. Or word choice. No. Okay. Here's what I want to talk about today. It's about when you feel disproportionately emotional to the event and you know it, you know, your feelings don't fit in either direction. Either you're under feeling or you're over feeling. And I've had an experience in the last week where I'm over feeling and 
I'm so aware of the fact that my feelings are bigger than the circumstances would dictate that I'm trying to make sense of it in my head. And so here's the scenario. I have two kids, as many listeners know. My oldest went to college last year, and we had a whole amazing episode talking about what it's like to send your oldest off to college. So here's my second, who is not a first pancake, is much, sorry, first child, but he's just better cooked. He's more evenly cooked. He just like... He's nice and brown all the way across. Yes. As Vanessa would say, he's got his shit together. Like he just, right. I mean, that I don't know how else to frame. He just, he has learned from his older sister. We have learned from right. parenting his older sister. So here he is. He's going off for the summer and he's still in high school between his junior and senior year, but he's going, he's going to live across the country from us. And he's having a fairly independent experience this summer, which is incredible. Okay. And it's wonderful and it's all good and it's all positive. And it's like, you know, there's zero to complain about because this is a very lucky experience. And I had the fortune, great fortune of taking him and spending a few days with him and kind of getting him settled and dropping him off. In those days that I was with him, I found myself on the brink of tears many, many times. I don't know. I like rationally, I don't know why. Yes, he's adulting a little bit more. He's living somewhat independently. He's, you know, like he's worked really hard to be able to be where he is and this is all goals realized and all that stuff. Okay, that's like, that's five minutes worth of emotion. But why was I just, it was almost like I felt like I was sending him to college. It was the exact same waves of emotion. And then I started overthinking and I started thinking, well, I know the circumstances don't warrant these big feelings. So maybe part of it is menopause and my own hormonal up and down, which is just a fascinating layer to put on top of it. And it makes really good scientific sense why that would factor in. But I think it's also something else. I think it's that we have created a construct for the transition periods that we expect. So a graduation, a moving up ceremony, you know, a bar mitzvah, a wedding, whatever it is. These are moments where you can steal yourself and anticipate the feeling. When the feeling catches you off guard because you're sitting at a meal with your kid going, that kid has turned out to be a pretty nice person. And then you want to cry or you know, when they actually hold the door for someone and you don't say, can you hold the door for that person? Or when you say, okay, let's, let's go do the laundry and make sure we like know where everything, and it's like, okay, great. Here, I'll grab all the laundry. And sort of when the moments are good and you don't expect the leaning into it, or even when the moments are hard and you don't expect it, even when there's conflict or there's, there's sadness on their end, or they're not getting what they want and you see how they get through it. That to me feels so much more emotional than the big moments where I'm braced for it. Yeah. I mean, you're someone who likes to be prepared. <laughs> I really Don't like say. to be prepared, but you really like to be prepared. And so I think part of it is when you're caught off guard, 
it's that much more jarring because you are you're already a little off balance and then it kind of knocks you more than you expect. And as you said, for like events, you know, planned, choreographed events, we can prepare ourselves emotionally. But for those moments where we're just struck by the fact that like, hey, we did a pretty good job here, where there's no preparing for it. I also think in your particular case, you know what's coming now. You know what it feels like to have a kid away from you. You know what it feels like for them to succeed, for them to face challenges, for them to be far away. And this is like the training wheels of having that experience. And so it's like an appetizer to having him leave you for school. And when you didn't know what was coming, these experiences didn't feel like the amuse-bouche to the next stage. (laughs) Do you like how I snuck that in there? You really did. I did. But now, for those of you who haven't eaten at an overpriced (laughs) tasting restaurant where it's eight courses and your evening, you will never get back those seven hours that you spent eating tiny portions. The amuse-bouche is the little tiny dish they give you at the beginning that's unsatisfying and usually has foam on it. Anyways, she's going to throw palate cleanser in here later on. I I know. God, that I'm always like, really? Some lime sorbet? I don't want lime sorbet. (laughs) So I think part of it is, you know what the downstream emotions are going to be like in a year or two. And so this is the lead up. I also think that post-COVID, and I had this experience, My kid had like the sixth grade, this was last year, he had like the sixth grade choral and theater performance. It was like the end of year project. And like, it was fine. I mean, these kids are sweet and they're like, I guess some of them have talent, but I was like crying like a baby at like the middle school, you know, voice cracks and like nobody knew their lines and awkward body movements. And I just thought it was the most moving thing ever because we had been deprived of these moments. We had been deprived of events and recitals and send-offs and all of that. So I think also things carry a little bit more weight than they did before COVID because we can appreciate now how much more meaningful they are. I mean, I'm a crier and Car, I am married. You've seen it. I am married to a crier. I mean, my husband will cry. I don't want to say the Hallmark commercial because nobody watches commercials anymore, but like, he gets very emotional and our kids are kind of like, you know, have been primed for the fact that like, we just cry all the time. One of the first times I met him, I said something that I thought was really profound and he started to cry and I did not know it was a like a routine thing. I was really moved by how moved he was. Well, he doesn't cry. I mean, he, he has discerning taste, so it's not like, he won't just cry at anything. I mean, it's usually involves our kids or our dog and occasionally me. Although like weirdly at our wedding, his speech was like all about Liverpool, where he's from. And I was like, you know, you're marrying me and you should feel really lucky. And like, please stop talking about Liverpool. But we were talking to a friend of ours recently whose daughter had her fifth grade moving up ceremony. And it was like all of the emotions came rushing back to me. And my kids went to an elementary school that every other year or maybe every year had like beautiful ceremonies that were marking different like academic or communal milestones. And it was just like, 
I don't want to call it emotional manipulation because they were meaningful and profound, but like definitely cried every single time. And it was wonderful. Like I was recently reading, who are we talking to? Oh, it was your episode with Jennifer Fink, which I didn't participate in because I was dealing with a kid. And she talked about the value of crying and like the benefit of crying. So that's another thing to think about, Cara, is like, do you need that release? Is there something in it that you need the release of crying? One of the things that came up when I was doing this several day long drop off was we went to dinner with a bunch of different families that we know in the area. And it was really nice. It was like one of those things where we were seeing all these people who either I hadn't seen in many years or who didn't really know my son. And it was really great. And at one of the dinners, we're talking about crying. I don't know how it came up. And we were talking about crying. By the way, the males in my house are not criers, Mm. which is another thing that makes me weepy is if either one of them tears up, I'm like a goner. Right. But um, right. We were laughing because my daughter, not only is she a crier, but she likes, she talks about it. She likes Mm -hmm. the catharsis of crying. It actually makes her feel better. So sometimes when she needs to cry, she has her go-to crying resource. So she goes to the book, The Fault in Our Stars, and she reads the exact same last, however many pages, like 15 pages, so that she can have a good sob. And she knows it's now like Pavlovian. She it's just a really oh easy trigger for her. Is that funny? I listen to I listen to landslide. <laughs> there the, you go. Right. I mean Fleetwood Mac that, song. Well, I feel like crying right now, just playing it in my head. But oh my God. Okay. So, but here's the thing that's really interesting and relevant, I think relevant to the puberty podcast, because this is not just our own experience and talking about just an emotional sort of journey, but you and I talk about this really big stuff that's happening to kids' bodies and their brains, and it takes a whole decade, and it's really hard to manage. And because we like to be prepared, because you are very much in that little boat with me, (laughs) it's not just that we like to be prepared. Being prepared allows us to not feel the waves of emotional unsteadiness. So a lot of people will reach out to us and they will say, I get so fill in the blank, angry, frustrated, sad. I feel so alone, you know, so yeah, there are a million adjectives. And sometimes, oftentimes, because this is the work we do all day, every day, I hear it and I understand it, but it's not my lived experience because I know what's coming, even though I don't always know what's coming, I understand sort of the waves to anticipate. By the way, there are a lot of things that I don't know and I don't understand. And those make me want to feel very emotional. But, you know, when it comes to puberty, I think just even the concept of your kid growing up and transforming, your kid becoming a sexual being, your kid becoming an individual, independent adult, these are topics that really rock people in a very fundamental way. And I'm not used to feeling that around my own kids because it's what I do and it's what I know. And I think even though you're a crier, you probably would agree with that, right? Like that's not what unhinges us. And so when we're unhinged by it from time to time, that feels particularly powerful. 
I mean, it's our job to learn how to keep our shit together. It's our job to empower other adults to keep their shit together. Mm -hmm. And when it's your job to do that, you get generally, I mean, not always, but you get pretty good at taking your own advice, hopefully, and keeping it all together. And when you don't, it's jarring. I mean, one of the things I've noticed is like two days before I get my period, I hate my family. And like, <laughs> for, <laughs> for like, I'm only laughing because there are few people who love their family more than you love your family. So just that sentence is so but hilarious. Like for, but like for 30 years, it's like, I've been doing this for 30 years. I think I wrote a piece, I did write a piece about this for Scary Mommy. It's like, I've been one spending for 35 years. And like every month I'm surprised when I look around the kitchen, I'm like, who are you people? You're terrible people. And I no longer want to live with you. And then like two days later, my period starts and I'm like, do you think you could have like figured this out? So now I'm like, oh, that red mist descending when I notice the lone mug on the counter instead of being in the dishwasher. Okay, my period's coming. But what that does allow me to do and the work that we do and the awareness of our own stuff, whether it be PMS or menopause or, you know, dealing with a Tasmanian devil of a child is to have empathy for them. Like, when they react, and we talk about this all the time, Cara, when we do, you know, school talks and keynotes and whatever, is like, they can't help it. And they're not doing it on purpose. And they feel knocked off kilter. And they feel unprepared. And they feel confused by their reaction. And so when I think about my overreaction, right, the like, long <laughs> hug in the supermarket, and like getting emotional, and my kid is like, what are you doing? Like, we're just buying avocados. Like, (laughs) go away. It gives us empathy for them when they are like sobbing and they don't know why or why they are just like so furious and they cannot put their finger as to like what the root cause of their anger is. Or when they shut you out, right? Because for some of them, their version of sobbing is closing the door and taking space. And that is what that is. And it feels important and necessary to them, which takes a lot for us to recognize. When they can't stand us, when they don't want to be in the same room as us, when they find everything we say and do just so annoying. And it's like, it's hurtful to us and all of that. But also we have to remember we have reactions like that and we are caught off guard and we are emotional in ways that feel out of control and sort of overwhelming and mystifying to us. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well, then there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how umsocks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myumla.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. And there's another piece to it that I think is important, which is to recognize when your own life feels steady and organized and predictable versus when it feels upended. Mm. That really shifts this sort of how typical you are in your own emotional response. So for instance, we are doing a little bit of construction this summer and I am not just a person who likes to be prepared. 
I'm a person who likes my space a certain way. It makes me, Vanessa's like, if that's the understatement of the century. I mean, you have to see a picture of Kara's wire drawer. They're like charger cords. Beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. and we opened something. I was at our house and we opened something to get out. I don't know, like a Sharpie or pen. And I was like, and there was like a tiny square for each charging cord. And it was like perfectly curled up in its own little nest. And I was like, oh my God, Cara, like that's amazing. Could, and she goes, know, oh, don't look. It's such a mess. <laughs> okay. I, do, do you know how much more good for the world I could have done if I had spent the time and energy like fixing climate? problems and not winding the wires, but you feel better. It does. I can be in any space. It's not the actual space. It's the, how, if things are folded versus if they're tossed, which is, by the way, my 16 year old self would be shocked at that sentence because I was the biggest slob ever, but there's this order to it. And I think for me, my house is a little bit chaotic and therefore my brain feels a little bit chaotic. And I mention it because I have people in my life who are experiencing bigger emotional swings than usual, adults in my life. And and it's taking all of us a beat to recognize the drivers of this. So like one in particular is out of work and being out of work while you know, this person sees it as gift time to be with their kids, which is a really positive spin on it. It still feels very stressful and very scary to be out of work. And sometimes it's our instinct, I think, to back burner some of our personal circumstances because we think we're so focused on our kids and we should just stay in the moment with our kids. But if you back burner it too much, you don't recognize how it is actually creeping into your dynamic with other people in your life. So there are a lot of examples like that, which stir the emotional pot. And summer is a time where there's less structure in life in general, which makes it even easier for the chaos of it all to feel like it engulfs you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm working on is thinking about not the nice moments that set me off. Like, It's wonderful to love your kid and to hold them and to cry and to feel proud of them or to miss them. Like, right, the happy tears. Those are happy Mm -hmm. tears. And that's like, you know, sitting in a cozy robe and pulling up with some hot chocolate and some peanut M&Ms. Those are my favorite. I actually, total aside, but I just watched the beginning of a terrible movie. I won't even tell you what it is, but the character in the movie had a tub of popcorn and he was ripping up Twizzlers and pouring peanut M&Ms into it and making like a little cornucopia. And I was like, that is brilliant. I would totally do that. Sorry, that has nothing to do with anything. So I have been thinking about what sets me off emotionally in negative ways and how I can, and sometimes we can't prepare, right? Like sometimes shit happens and there's nothing we can do And we get angry or emotional or we fall apart and that's fine because we're human. But I've been thinking about, Cara, as we launch this book tour in October and we have kids applying to college and lots of other stuff going on, how can I set my life up so that I have as few unexpected speed bumps as possible so that I don't react? and one challenge we have is we were supposed to adopt a dog 
this fall. And then they moved it to this summer. And I said to my husband, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can handle it. And like me of three years ago would have been like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my kids. And I don't, you know, I, we got to do it and I'll just suck it up and it'll be fine. And da, da, da. and now I'm like learning enough to say no, because if I do it and we adopt this dog and then I'm under pressure and then I'm stressed out and then I'm a raging bitch to everybody and then I can't be emotionally present and then, you know, then my work suffers. So those are the kinds of things that I'm trying to better prepare for so that my emotionality, like the preventable stuff is hopefully dealt with. Yeah. I and, and I think the other side of the coin is also important to acknowledge, which is not just anticipating when you are going to feel more emotional, but sort of understanding or owning when you think you're going to be more emotional and you're not. Oh, that feels so bad to me when I am bracing myself for the sad or the angry or whatever it is, and I don't feel it. And then I think, what's wrong with me or Mm. what's wrong with that reaction? And that is another interesting piece of the equation. You know, we talk a lot about social media on this podcast. Social media has shifted a lot of the paradigms in our world. And one of them is it has written a script about how you're supposed to look and feel at certain moments. And, you know, especially, you know, tributes to people and anniversaries and birthdays and when people pass and, right, there's a whole language around it. And when you don't fit the mold of what everyone else seems to do in response to something, it can feel really unsettling. And so that's the other piece. Like, I think anticipating and getting in front of it is really important. And I think giving ourselves permission to maybe not have the roller coaster that other people have at certain moments with respect to certain things. I think that's okay too. I also think sometimes we're so busy keeping it together for everyone else that there's no room for us to have our natural reaction. And frankly, we've like trained ourselves to give space for everyone else's emotions and not left enough room for ourselves. You know, when you're worried about everybody else and you're making room for this one and that one, I think it can feel like you kind of have to keep it together and stay super even keeled and not have room for other stuff. And I'm just going to guess by selection bias that every single person listening to a podcast called the Puberty Podcast fits that description (laughs) to a T. The funny thing about my kids is that when they are leaving me and I'm typically wearing sunglasses because I'm trying to like keep it together and not show that I'm crying, they lift up my glasses to make sure that I'm crying. Like they want me to be crying. And so sometimes if I'm not crying, I feel bad because they're like, wait, I'm leaving you. Why aren't you crying? Luckily, my daughter was like too excited to notice that I was not crying when she left me the other day. Did she notice you jumping for joy? I mean, did she notice me just like getting in the car and just like sliding (laughs) down my seat and exhaling? But no, I think wondering about if you're not having the emotions or the reactions that you thought you would, I think clocking why that might be and kind of 
thinking about what's going on that doesn't allow you to do that is a pretty interesting exercise. And if you have a friend or partner that you can talk to about that without making them feel defensive by implying there's no room for your emotions in your household, it would be an interesting conversation, I think, to have. And this conversation cannot end without a very clear nod to the reality that if your emotions feel too big or too small, meaning we call it a flat affect in clinical medicine where you're not feeling, or if your feelings are so prickly and sensitive and you're a tinderbox, these are reasons to reach out and get help from a mental health provider. So those are not the types of emotions that we're talking about, but at some point, almost everyone will have an emotional response that needs a little bit of help from someone who is trained to give a little bit of that help. Mm -hmm. And so just to validate that and help people separate that. But this is, you know, this is the sort of slightly outside the norm, the unexpected, the hits you from the side and you don't see it coming feeling. And it can be a really happy feeling and it can be a really sad feeling and it can be a non-feeling. But it's nice to know, Vanessa, that in this community of people who are raising tweens and teens who have very big emotions, that there's space to talk about all of our feelings. So thank you for giving me that space today. I'm always here to talk about feelings. So to all of you sending kids off or graduating or proms or just a walk in the park that you weren't expecting or a spontaneous hug, if you're crying, you're not alone. We are there with you. (laughs) Cara is crying with you. (laughs) Cara is crying now and forever and enjoy it. It's kind of wonderful. So good luck. Bye, Vanessa. Bye, Cara. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.